Let us enter into this hour of worship, this time and space dedicated to all that is most worthy in this life, the depths and the heights of it all. Let us give our undivided attention to what really matters, just for a while. Come bringing all of who you are, all your busy thoughts and big emotions, your complications and your contradictions. Rest and quiet your weak, worn spirit, for you're here to touch again eternal springs of hope and renewal. Calm your hurried, harried pace and claim this precious chance to seek perspective. For this hour, let the cares, the fretfulness and the worry be set aside. Forgive yourself. You are so very worthy of moving on, of making new efforts, of trying again. It's a new day. And know that you are not alone in all this. There is strength and caring and support for you here. You will find comfort and kindness if you but ask. Look around. You are a part of this community if you choose it and you can make it what you will. So let us join our hearts together now as we enter into this precious hour of worship. These opening words, loosely adapted from a piece by Carolyn Owen Toll, these welcome you to all who have gathered on Zoom this morning to take part in our Sunday service. Welcome to members of the congregation, to friends and visitors with us today, joining us from all over the country and indeed all over the world. And not forgetting those who may be listening in on our podcast or watching this service on YouTube at some later date. For anyone who doesn't know me, my name's Jane Blackall, and having been part of this congregation for over 21 years, I'm now the ministry coordinator with Kensington Unitarians, and also for the spring term, your ministry student on placement as part of my final year of training with Unitarian College. If anyone's here for the first time today, a special welcome to you. I'm glad you made it. I hope you find something meaningful in the service, something that speaks to your condition, as they say. Please do hang around afterwards for a chat or drop us an email to introduce yourself if you'd like to. And if you're a regular here, thanks for all you do to welcome all who come, even on Zoom. Every single one of us plays a part in co-creating this community, this sacred space we hold for comfort and challenge and for connection with that which is within us and beyond us. So whoever you are, however you are, whatever state you woke up in this morning, even if you've not entirely woken up yet this morning, it is hibernation season after all, you're welcome in this space just as you are. Make yourselves at home, virtually speaking. As we always say, feel free to do what you need to do to be comfortable in this hour. For some of you, that might mean keeping your camera switched off and lurking, and that is totally all right by us. It is lovely to see your faces and get a sense of who's gathered here, but there's no compulsion. And similarly, there'll be opportunities to join in as we go along, but these are very much invitations rather than obligations. Nobody's going to think any less of you if you'd rather keep your head down. I've been a sit in the back row and hide kind of person for most of my life. Can't really get away with it this morning, but I'm in no position to judge anyone else for choosing to keep a low profile. In this morning's service, we'll be reflecting on the place of prayer in our daily lives in all its varied forms. And in particular, we'll be considering the ways in which a regular or regular-ish prayer practice, even quite a simple, modest one, might help us to cope when life is hard, as it is for so many right now. 
So I'm going to light our chalice now as we do each Sunday and at other times when we gather. Perhaps at the moment the chalice flame is lit, we can take that as our cue to centre ourselves if we haven't already, take a breath and consciously arrive. This simple ritual of lighting our chalice connects us with Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists the world over and it reminds us of the historic and proudly progressive religious tradition of which this gathering is part. Even in these cold winter days of confinement, as our homes seem to shrink smaller, our wicks perhaps burn lower, and our will to endure might flicker, we like this chalice to kindle a symbolic flame of warmth, a reminder of the connection that draws us in to a community that opens us up in gratitude. For the breath in our lungs and the love in our hearts, for the gift of this day, alive. I've got one more candle here and as we often do I'm going to light that candle to represent all those joys and concerns that we might be holding silently in our heart today. Each life touches so many others and we could easily keep lighting candles all day and never be done. Let's take a moment now to ponder all those joys and concerns that we have heard expressed, all those little windows into our shared human condition and the life of the world. Let's hold them and each other in compassion and loving kindness as we move into an extended time of prayer now. Perhaps let's each do what we need to do to get ourselves into the right state of body and mind for it. Maybe shift your position maybe intentionally adopt a prayerful posture, whatever that means for you. Close your eyes or soften your gaze. Whatever helps you get your heart in the right place to be fully present with yourself and each other and that larger presence which holds us all. Spirit of life, God of all love, in whom we live and move and have our being. As we turn our attention to the depths and the heights of this life, the cosmic mystery and wisdom that abides in all that is, we tune in to your holding presence within us and amongst us. Let us speak plainly and from the heart in prayer, tuning into our true feelings this morning as best we can and laying them honestly before the one who listens and listens with endless compassion. There's no need for us to hold back, be restrained or put on a brave face before God. Some of us are ever so weary right now, worn down and depleted by this pandemic. Some are fearful for the safety and well-being of ourselves and the ones we love. Some are lonely and troubled, 
some confused and overwhelmed, some frustrated and angry, and all the other challenges that we ordinarily face in the course of our lives, they haven't just gone away. Some of us face the sickness and suffering of loved ones. Some face money and housing worries. Some are dealing with conflict and estrangement as all our relationships come under increased strain. Still, we are mindful of all those who are struggling in even tougher and more turbulent circumstances the world over. And so, in a quiet moment now, let us bring to mind those situations, peoples and places that are weighing most heavily on us right now. And inwardly pray for the help that we long for. Despite it all, we might still find moments to treasure in our days, things to be grateful for. For friends and lovers reaching out to lift our spirits and insistently remind us we are loved. For family, neighbours, strangers, people looking out for one another and showing solidarity. For the technology that makes it possible for us to maintain, even deepen our connections in times like these. For the hard work and sacrifice of doctors, nurses, carers, scientists and engineers, teachers and childminders, supermarket staff, delivery drivers, food bank volunteers, artists, entertainers and so many others we could name. For the wintry natural beauty that surrounds us still, even in the city. And for the new possibilities emerging, the new ways of seeing and being, emerging from this life turned upside down. So in another quiet moment, let us bring to mind those people, places and experiences that have brought much needed light to our lives this week. And inwardly give thanks for those gifts. Spirit of life, God of all love, as this time of prayer draws to a close, we offer up our joys and our concerns, our hopes and our fears, our beauty and our brokenness. And we call on you for insight, healing and renewal. As we look to the coming week, help us to live well each day and be our best selves, using our unique gifts in the service of love, justice and peace. Amen.
The Perfect Prayer by Vanessa Rush Southern. What is the best way to pray? I do not mean what is the best way to appease God or the gods, but how do we put our hearts in the right place? Because by my lights, that is the primary and best purpose of prayer. Of course, the perfect prayer should probably be one of gratitude, at least partly, and maybe mostly. It has to be a regrounding in all that is good, which we inevitably overlook when we get used to having it around. I read years ago that the average American now lives better than how 99.6% of human beings have lived in all recorded history. And the wine sold in any corner shop today is better than the wine French kings drank. For such lucky folks though, we sure do wine a lot. So gratitude has to be part of the praying. If there is more to prayer than gratitude, then for me, it would have to include the request that you and I be put to good use. It cannot be right to simply hand back to the world only what was handed to us. Like the person in the biblical story who buries his talents rather than risking them in the world. Still, if you are like me, maybe you aren't always sure just what would be the best use of your gifts. So a good prayer might ask for whatever hints the universe is inclined to dole out. I would also pray that people I love are kept safe. I suppose that sounds selfish, but I don't believe that the one who listens is doing more to keep my team safe just because I ask for it. It is just that loving these people as much as I do makes me vulnerable. I imagine it does the same for most of us. And it seems only fair to ask for help in holding what could break us. Finally, the perfect prayer, it seems, would have all kinds of surrender in it. It would ask that we find a way to be in each day without reservation, to use it up and delight in the embarrassment of beauty and riches cast before us by luck or chance or some lavish, numinous hand. I think for most of us, it would ask for the chance to press forward just a little, the arc of human wisdom and compassion, and to recognize those chances when they come. Finally, exhausted and joyful for what that particular day has offered up, the perfect prayer for most of us would likely end with whispered hope for the chance to wake up and face it all again. So may it be. Amen. 
Thanks to Chloe who pre-recorded that because she's working a 12-hour shift today and couldn't be with us. So we've come now to a time of meditation. Once again, you might want to have a wiggle, get as comfortable as you can in your chair. If you're in a chair, you might want to put your feet flat on the floor to help ground and steady yourself. Maybe close your eyes. There'll be some introductory words from Regina Sarah Ryan, uh, a piece called A Prayer of Not Knowing, which speaks of praying when we don't know how, and perhaps expanding our sense of what prayer might even be. These words will take us into a good few minutes of shared stillness, during which we'll put our chalice cam up on screen in case you find it restful to watch the moving flame. And for our meditation music this week, we have a chant that will be familiar to some of you, perhaps, but probably not to all. It's a meditation on breathing, another form of prayer, perhaps, and one that I find particularly comforting and soothing to sing along with. The video I'm going to show is from the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Phoenix, Arizona, and they've very kindly given permission for us to have it in our service today. It's only short, so I thought I'd play it through twice. If it's unfamiliar to you, you might just listen the first time, and why not join in second time around? The words are very simple. When I breathe in, I breathe in peace. When I breathe out, I breathe out love. As ever, these words and images and music are just an offering, not an obligation. You're free, as always, to think your own thoughts and meditate in your own way. But some words then to take us into the silence. A prayer of not knowing. Oh God, I do not know how to pray. Because I do not know what it means to pray properly, to pray in such a way as to serve or worship, I must offer what I have and can do as my prayer. And here it is. Let this posture be the prayer. Let this intention be the prayer. Let this very not knowing be the prayer. Let this breath be the prayer. Let this resistance and discomfort be the prayer. Let this distraction be the prayer. Let this drinking of tea be the prayer. Let this eating of breakfast be the prayer. Let this hectic schedule be the prayer. Let this attempt at remembrance be the prayer. Let the steps walked in silence across the car park be the prayer. Let the bird song noticed be the prayer. Let this poor journal writing be the prayer. Let the vastness of the sky be the prayer. Let worrying and then dropping the worry be the prayer. Let chanting and dancing and reading be the prayer. Let dressing and undressing be the prayer. Let sleeping and rising and sleeping and rising be the prayer. Let missing someone be the prayer. Let memories and whispered calls for help for others be the prayer. Let opening the door and putting on and taking off the shoes be the prayer. Let the keeping of simple order be the prayer. Let the celebration of light and dark be the prayer. Let warmth and cold be the prayer. All of it, not bad, not good, just as it is and wondrous, all of it be the prayer. God, in my helplessness, from nowhere, with nothing, let these poor prayers as flowers draw you to the garden from which their fragrance arises.
of today's service help thanks wow is shamelessly nicked from Anne Lamott's little book of the same name it's subtitled the three essential prayers and it's based on the premise that asking for help appreciating what is good in our lives and having a sense of awe at the universe we are lucky enough to find ourselves in these three are vital practices to help us get through the day and the night practices to help us find our way in life and orientate ourselves towards that which is most life-giving, especially when times are hard. 
And I don't mean to bang on about it, but times have been pretty hard of late for many of us, haven't they? Now, I'm big on prayer. I guess that's no great surprise in my line of work, but I am, at least in theory. But as with so many things in life, I confess my actual practice of prayer has been a bit hit and miss over the years. However, if there is one positive thing I can say about the experience of living through 2020, is that it certainly pushed me into praying harder than ever before. There's nothing quite like that sense of disorientation that came with the world being turned upside down. The sudden sense of great vulnerability, helplessness and awareness of my sheer lack of control of most things. Well, there's nothing like that turmoil to make me acutely aware of my need to reach out for help from somewhere beyond. And there are many other losses and upheavals that occur in the running of an ordinary life that can take us to those kind of hard places. Anne Lamott has this to say on the prayerful cry that often arises in desperate moments. She writes, when my friends and I have run out of good ideas on how to fix the unfixable, when we finally stop trying to heal our own sick, stressed minds with our own sick, stressed minds, when we're truly at the end of our rope and just done, we all say the same prayer. We say, help. We say, help, this is really all too much, or help, I am going slowly crazy. I can't do this, or I can't stop doing this, or I can't feel anything, or help, he's going to leave me, or help, I have no life, or I hate the life I've created, or I forgot to have a life, I forgot to pay attention as it scrolled by. Most good, honest prayers remind me that I'm not in charge, I cannot fix anything much, and I open myself to being helped by something, some force, some friends, some something. These prayers say, dear some something, I don't know what I'm doing, I can't see where I'm going, I'm getting more lost, more afraid, more tightly clenched, help. Words from Anne Lamott. So when we're in a bad way, in a tight spot, we might just find that such prayers arise spontaneously. But how about cultivating a prayer practice more intentionally, making it an integrated part of our everyday life instead of something we only turn to as a last resort when things are really desperate? In most religious traditions, prayer, understood as communication with God, is central to the life of faith. But in my experience, Unitarians can sometimes seem to be a bit more ambivalent about it. We pray collectively in our services, especially those of us who attend our regular heart and soul spiritual gatherings, which are really a Unitarian prayer group in disguise, don't tell anyone. But it may well be that many of us do have our own private prayer practices. It's just not something we talk about that much. Sometimes our incredibly laudable commitment to read reason can leave us reluctant to wholeheartedly enter into prayer because we're not entirely sure who it is we're praying to or what it is we're even doing or why. It can kind of leave us praying with the handbrake on, emotionally speaking, not fully engaged with the process. Now, if those sort of reservations about prayer resonate with you, perhaps the opening words in Anne Lamott's book, the, the prelude, which she titles Prayer 101, perhaps these words might be helpful. Again, she writes, you may be wondering what I even mean when I use the word prayer. Prayer is communication from the heart to that which surpasses understanding. Let's say it is communication from the heart to God. 
or to the good, the force that is beyond our comprehension, but that in our pain and supplication and relief, we don't need to define or have proof of or any established contact with. Or let's say it's what the Greeks called the really real, what lies within us, beyond the scrim of our values, positions, convictions and wounds. Or let's say it's a cry from deep within to life or love with capital L's. But let's not get bogged down in whom or what we pray to. Prayer is us reaching out to something having to do with the eternal, with vitality, intelligence, kindness, even when we are at our most doomed and sceptical. God, however we understand God, can handle honesty, and prayer begins an honest conversation. It's us reaching out to be heard, hoping to be found by a light and a warmth in the world, instead of darkness and cold. Words from Anne Lamont. But perhaps putting it even more simply than that, perhaps we can understand prayer in the sense that we heard about in that reflection that Chloe read for us earlier by the UU Minister Vanessa Rush Southern. The purpose of prayer on this account is to put our hearts in the right place. Prayer puts our hearts in the right place. And what does that look like? Well, the different ways in which we might pray are almost limitless. We can be silent or speak or chant or write or draw, pray with our whole body, dance perhaps. We can pray alone or together with rituals like candle lighting, as we do in the joys and concerns. Prayers can be spontaneous or they can be rote. Sometimes we might get snagged on one particular idea of what proper prayer is supposed to look like. But there can be a joy in experimentation, being playful and challenging ourselves to mix it up a bit, try something new. Whatever form prayer takes, perhaps there's a common thread of helping us shift our perspective. You could think of it as getting in touch with a God's eye view of your life and the life of the world, tuning in to some kind of universal consciousness, if that doesn't sound too grand, or perhaps just connecting with your own inner wisdom. Prayer is a practice that can help shift ourselves out of everyday autopilot mode and into a way of being that's perhaps a little more intentional, realigned with our purpose and values. When we're feeling a bit lost or adrift or stuck, all of which happen quite often to me, I don't know about you, prayer might just remind us who we are and whose we are and what matters most of all in life. Now it would be a bit remiss of me to get all the way through a service on prayer without at least giving a respectful doff of the cap to this little book, Simply Pray by Eric Walker Wickstrom, a UU minister. I've been banging on about this book for over a decade now. I'm sure some of you have heard me talk about it before. The author puts aside those thorny questions of who are we praying to. That's why the book's called Simply Pray. His is very much a just do it approach. And this is on the basis that the practice of prayer has value, even if it ultimately turns out that the only person who hears our prayers is us. Or in the case of praying together, like we do in the Candles of Joy and Concern, there is some worth in that shared acknowledgement of our human condition and what we're all going through. So having carried out a comparative study of prayer practices in the major faith traditions, Eric Walker Wickstrom concludes that there are four main strands of prayer that are common to all, more or less. And he calls them naming, knowing, listening and loving. And these are terms that will be very familiar to anyone that's come to our heart and soul gatherings. It's the structure we've been using here for many years to pray together as a group. Thanks, Eric. 
but I wanted to mention them here today because I reckon they make a pretty good starting point for anyone wanting to experiment with a particularly Unitarian friendly personal prayer practice. You might be sitting in bed last thing at night or first thing in the morning or whenever you can claim a quiet moment in your day and just give yourself 10 minutes to work through these four strands of prayer in your mind, in your journal, spoken out loud. Perhaps if you live with someone, it might be something you can do together. So I'm just going to briefly, as we close, talk through the meaning of naming, knowing, listening and loving in case you want to try it out yourself. But as I say, I do recommend the book. Uh, or come into heart and soul, why not throw a plug in? Naming prayer is simply a gratitude practice, a mixture of Anne Lamott's thanks and wow. Reviewing your day and noticing what's been good, whether that's really humble everyday pleasures or awe-inspiring moments of amazement at the cosmos and the wonders of creation. Knowing prayer is a practice of honest self-reflection, reviewing your own actions and attitudes, noticing where you did well, where you made mistakes, perhaps seeking guidance to put things right. Listening prayer is simply contemplative stillness, a silence into which another voice may speak. And loving prayer is bringing our awareness to the needs of others who are struggling and suffering, both close to home and around the world, and expressing our compassion and our hopes for them. Naming, knowing, listening and loving. There are many ways to pray, but that's not a bad place to start. In a way, there's simultaneously too much to say and nothing that can be usefully said about prayer. We could have services for weeks and weeks exploring different angles, and I'm up for that, but nothing I can tell you is an adequate substitute for just getting your feet wet. So I'm going to close with some words of encouragement from Martin Shaw of the West Country School of Myth and Story. He says this. Become a prayer maker. Why? Because what you face in your life is bigger than you can handle. It is. Go to a place with shadows and privacy and just start talking. There is some ancient friend who wants to hear from you. No more dogma than that. Use your simple, holy words. Then sit. Listen. Go for a walk. Let in then you fight like a lion for what you can affect and you surrender the rest. What else can I say to that but amen? Time for us to sing together now, uh, together but apart, you know how it is on Zoom. Uh, today's hymn, Blessed Spirit of My Life, is lovely, soothing, prayerful, it asks for strength and serenity in times of stress and strife and help to live out our values in the world by showing care, comfort and compassion to those who are in need. The words will appear on your screen shortly, tech permitting, and you can sing along with this recording by the Unitarian Music Society. We will all have our microphones muted so nobody will hear you, but feel free as always just to listen if you'd rather.
Thanks to Janine for hosting today, uh, to Chloe for our reading, Peter for the lovely opening and closing music. Uh, thanks also to Benji Messer, the Director of Music with the UU Choir of Phoenix and Arizona for generously giving permission to share their video in today's service. He sounded delighted about the transatlantic connection. As ever, there are a number of opportunities to connect with the congregation in the week ahead. Coffee morning, as usual, at 10.30 on Tuesday. That's always a laugh. And uh, Heart and Soul, this week's theme is Comforters. Uh, I've got a couple of spaces left tonight if you still want to sign up. Uh, this is our regular contemplative spiritual gathering. Um, the ideal space to put into practice all the things we've been exploring this morning. Even if you've never been before, it's not too late to start. Newcomers are always welcome. Uh, don't forget we've got uh, virtual coffee time after the service uh, where you can chat in small groups if you'd like, no obligation to stay. But if you uh, can bear it, we like to take a group photo after the service. So uh, stick around to the end of the closing music if you don't mind. We'll be back on Zoom for a service next week at 10. Uh, Sarah's back, she never really went away, uh, with a service on feeling good. Uh, it's fine to share our Zoom link with trusted others if you want to bring your friends along. I also wanted to give a plug to Fuse, the Festival of Unitarians in the Southeast. This year it's taking place online. 25 quid for a whole day of interesting workshops from our friends across the district, including Jeff Jones from Brighton, Sheena Gabriel from Godalming, and our own Sarah Tinker. Uh, there's going to be a seminar from poet and theologian Podrigo Tuma, uh, also a quiz. Should be good. Most of the events are on Saturday the 20th of February. There's a, a link to sign up in the weekly email. And even if you don't sign up for the whole thing, we're hoping we'll be able to go en masse to the Sunday service instead of having our regular service that weekend uh, and meet up with others from the district in a virtual way. So we'll give you more details of that as we get them. So we're just coming to our closing words now. Um, you might want to switch to gallery view uh, so that you can see each other for the benediction the words are a little bit longer than we would usually have for our benediction prayer it's a, it's a prayer for the days to come somewhat freely adapted from words by Miklos Saiki and our closing music is a lovely well-known bit of bark from Peter to play us out spirit of life and love all that is good and true and beautiful be with us each new day as we wake O oh God let us know the comfort of your presence and the energizing power of your calling. Whatever we have to face, be it joy or sorrow, give us strength to carry through the new day. Give us to know that when we arise in the morning, we must give thanks for the morning light, for life and strength, for we are still here. We must give thanks for the gifts of living, our food and our friends and so many small joys which might go underappreciated in the struggle of our days. Give us hope in doing your will, aligning ourselves with the promptings of peace and justice and love. And may the warmth of the fellowship we've shared stay with us through the coming week and all it brings. May we draw strength from the faith we hold and this beloved community we are an indispensable part of. May we show our faith by extending our compassion and care to those we find challenging in our days. May we find strength in humility, courage in adversity, joy in diversity, and a true sense of purpose in our prayers. And so in the week ahead, may our ears be open to tidings of joy and gladness, to hints of new possibility. O oh God of all love and mercy, bless and prosper the work of our hands for our life and for the larger life as you would see it. 
the realm of love that is yet to come. Amen.